Hello friends, we are back with what Luke really cared about in the What the New Testament Authors Really Cared About book. This first section is called Unique Birth. Luke constructed his unparalleled gospel opening by comparing the stories of two unusual births, that of John the Baptist, which is found in Luke chapter 1 verse 5 through 25 and 57 through 80 and that of Jesus which we find in Luke chapter 1 verse 26 through 56 and chapter 2 verse 1 through 52. These unusual birth stories have several similarities. Both John the Baptist and Jesus were born to law-keeping but unlikely parents. John to an elderly couple, and Jesus to a virgin. Both received angelic announcements with descriptions of the boy's future ministries. Both parental recipients of the announcements questioned what they had heard. And the birth of both boys resulted in praise, astonishment, and spirit-inspired utterances. Despite their similarities, the differences between these infancy stories stand out. John's parents were an older married couple, but Jesus was born to a virgin. Zechariah was punished with silence when he questioned the word of the angel, but Mary's question received an explanatory answer. Neighbors and close relatives celebrated John's birth, but the odd mix of shepherds and angels celebrated Jesus' birth. The Holy Spirit would fill John the Baptist and work through him, but the Holy Spirit would conceive Jesus and affect his very identity. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, from Luke 1.35. Luke recorded a simple summary of John's childhood, but gave an extended summary of Jesus' childhood with a sample story showing Jesus' early awareness of his identity and sense of mission. An exchange between the pregnant mothers of John and Jesus made clear that Jesus was the more important figure for Luke's story and for all of history. Even the number of verses used to tell their infancy stories show John the Baptist, 45 verses, to be subordinate to Jesus, 83 verses. John was himself aware of his place and the more important difference between himself and Jesus. We can find this in Luke chapter 3 verse 15 through 18 and Acts chapter 13 verse 24 through 25. Luke's gospel story was about the unique person of Jesus and Mary's response initially questioning the plausibility of the message but ultimately accepting it in faith was the kind of response Luke wanted all his readers to have to the person of Jesus. This next section is called Unique Qualifications for our Ministry. In chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, verse 13, Luke carefully outlined four additional ways in which Jesus was uniquely qualified for his ministry. Number 1, his forerunner. Number 2, his baptism. Number 3, his genealogy, and number four, his ability to handle temptation. Number one, his forerunner. Though both John the Baptist and Jesus were God's servants, John was the forerunner who announced the coming salvation of God. Jesus, however, was God's agent who actually brought salvation. 
This we read in Acts 13, verse 23 through 25, and Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. Because John the Baptist was the forerunner prophesied in the Old Testament to come before the Messiah, see Luke chapter 7, verse 27 through 28, Luke described his ministry as fulfilling scripture. Luke chapter 3, verse 3 through 6, and Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 through 5. After centuries of silence, God's Spirit was active among his people. God was again speaking to humanity. Number two, his baptism. More succinctly than any other gospel in just two verses, chapter 3, verse 21 through 22, Luke recorded a second important qualification of Jesus for ministry, his baptism. By leaving out details found in other gospels, i.e. the location of the baptism, John the Baptist's initial reluctance, the Lamb of God saying, and even the name of John the Baptist, Luke focused completely on the identity of Jesus. At his baptism, Jesus identified with people who wanted to live righteously. God responded by identifying himself with Jesus. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Number three, his genealogy. This mention of Jesus as God's son introduced a third unique qualification of Jesus for ministry. His genealogy. From Luke chapter 3 verse 23 through 38. Unlike Matthew's shorter genealogy for Jesus, which started with Abraham, Matthew 1, 1 through 17, Luke recorded a longer genealogy moving backward from Joseph to the first human created, Adam, the son of God. Luke chapter 3 verse 38. This genealogy connected Jesus with all of humanity, all the descendants of Adam, and indicated that he came from all people. In the baptism and in the genealogy, Jesus was identified as God's son and as a representative of all humanity. And lastly, number four, his ability to handle temptation. By ending the genealogy with Adam, Luke transitioned smoothly to a fourth unique qualification for Jesus in ministry. Unlike the first Adam, Jesus was able to resist temptation, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. Whether temptation about physical appetites, social political power, or stubbornness, demanding that God bow to his own plans, Jesus resisted Satan. Thus, in these additional ways, Luke showed that Jesus was uniquely qualified to serve as Messiah. This next section is called Unique Power and Authority. In the next and larger section of his gospel, Luke chapters 4, verse 14 through 9, verse 50, Luke collected stories from Jesus' early ministry to emphasize Jesus' unique power and authority, while other gospel writers used one term or the other, power or authority, to describe Jesus' ministry, Luke used these terms more often and sometimes used both together. See Luke chapter 4 verse 36, Luke chapter 9 verse 1, 
and Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke showed that Jesus had power and authority to cast out demons, Luke chapter 4, verse 33 through 37, and to heal the sick, Luke chapters 5, verse 17, chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, chapter 8, verse 45 through 46. Even from a distance, Luke chapter 7, verse 8. Furthermore, Luke was clear that Jesus taught with power and authority, Luke chapter 4, verse 32 and 36. Had authority to forgive sins, Luke chapter 5, verse 24, and Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and chapter 5, verse 31, and even had power and authority to give his followers power and authority, Luke chapter 9, verse 1 through 2, and Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke also reported Jesus' ability to know other people's thoughts, Luke chapter 5, verse 22, Luke chapter 7, verse 39 through 40. To control nature, Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. To miraculously multiply food, Luke chapter 9, verse 10 through 17. And to raise people from the dead, Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17. Luke noted that Jesus began his ministry in the power of the Spirit, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Luke emphasized the Holy Spirit in both his gospel and in Acts. The evidence about Jesus' life provided by Luke confirms that Jesus is the scripture-fulfilling, unique Son of God. Luke chapter 7, verse 18 through 23. This next section is called Unique Titles. Luke also told his readers who Jesus was through his use of various titles. Luke used the title Son of God six times for Jesus in his gospel. Luke chapter 1 verse 35, chapter 4 verse 3, verse 9 and verse 41, Luke chapter 8 verse 28, Luke chapter 22 verse 70. Furthermore, Jesus was once called Son of the Most High, chapter 1 verse 32 and chapter 8 verse 28 was twice called Son by a voice from heaven, chapter 3, verse 22, and 9, verse 35, and referred to himself as Son of the Father, Luke chapter 10, verse 21 through 22. Luke indicated that the Son of God is the Christ, Luke chapter 4, verse 41, and chapter 22, verse 66 through 71 which means anointed one in Greek and is used to render the Hebrew word for Messiah. In fact, Christ is a more common title for Jesus in Luke's writings. Luke used this title for the Redeemer of Israel's hopes, chapter 3, verse 15, chapter 20, verse 41, chapter 23, verse 35, and 39, and directly attributed it to Jesus from chapter 2, verse 11 and 26, chapter 4, verse 41, and chapter 9, verse 20. Jesus was charged with calling himself the Christ and was crucified for it, chapter 22, verse 67, and 23, verse 2. Thus the title of Christ was attributed to Jesus as the 
God-anointed Redeemer of humanity by virtue of his fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and the resurrection. Chapter 4, verse 18. Because the Messiah was expected to be a descendant of David, Luke chapter 20, verse 41, Luke explicitly noted Jesus' Davidic ancestry, Luke chapter 1, verse 27 and 32, and Luke chapter 3, verse 31, and even called Jesus son of David, Luke chapter 18, verse 38 through 39. Indeed, the fulfillment of the Davidic promise, 2 Samuel 7, verse 5 through 16, was echoed in the announcement to Mary about Jesus. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke chapter 1, verse 32 through 33, and Luke chapter 1, verse 69 through 70. Luke's most common title for Jesus was Son of Man. Only Jesus called himself Son of Man in the Gospels. While some have suggested that this title indicated Jesus' identification with humanity, it seems certain that it also drew upon the Old Testament messianic imagery of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, which we can see in Luke chapter 9, verse 26, chapter 12, verses 8, 35 through 40, and chapter 17, verses 20 through 37, in chapter 21, verse 10 through 36. In Luke's presentation, Jesus was the messianic son of man with the authority to forgive sin, from Luke chapter 5, verse 24, the authority to judge, from Luke chapter 18, verse 8, and chapter 22, verse 69, and the mission to seek and save the lost, from Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke used several titles for Jesus, including teacher, from Luke chapter 9, verse 38, chapter 10, verse 25, chapter 11, verse 45, chapter 12, verse 13, chapter 21, verse 7, and chapter 22, verse 11. Master, only in Luke in the New Testament, chapters 5, verse 5, chapter 8, verse 24, and chapter 8, verse 45, chapter 9, verse 33, and 49, chapter 17, verse 13. Savior from chapter 2, verse 11, and then in Luke chapter 1, verse 47, he says, Savior of God. And then he calls him Lord in chapter 2, verse 11. Describing Jesus as one who uniquely fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures, having a unique birth, Luke chapters 1 through 2, unique qualifications for ministry, Luke chapters 3 verse 1 through 4 verse 13, and unique power and authority, Luke chapter 4 verse 14 through 9 verse 50. Luke clearly identified Jesus as God's Son. Since part of Luke's purpose in his gospel was to provide certainty from Luke chapter 1 verse 4, he clearly wanted his readers to be certain that Jesus was the Messiah whom God had sent. 
so that is where I am going to leave off for today. I know that it is a lot to keep up with all the verses and chapters that he is quoting, but I feel like it's really useful if you take those verses and look up what they say. I hope that you guys received something from this message today, and I hope that everyone has a great day. Till next time!